Unspoken Issues. This is Unspoken Issues. I am Jesse Starcher, and I, have, of course, am joined by none other than Chris Armstrong to talk some 90s comics tonight. Uh, how you doing, man? You been doing all right? <laughs> Hanging in. Hanging in there. All right. So we're jumping back in. We, we had our Unspoken Epic focus on Rise of the Midnight Suns. Right around that time, we threw a, a poll out to our friends over on the Unspoken Issues Facebook page. Spawns a spooky book. Why don't we go ahead and toss out there the options, the poll options for all of the the guest writers for Spawn? This happened back in the the early days of Spawn. I'm talking like before uh, the 10th issue hit. And as a matter of fact, so it started with Spawn number eight. So McFarlane brings in Alan Moore to write for that issue. Spawn number nine, Neil Gaiman comes in and writes for that issue. Spawn 10, Dave Sim comes in. And you may remember that cover has uh, Cerebus on the front of it. And then uh, Spawn number 11. I always think of when I think of the uh, stunt writer uh, period for Spawn, basically. Right. Yeah. I mean, Dave Sim, of all people, I'm seeing Cerebus in a in a Spawn comic was just Mm. on the front of a Spawn comic, I should say, was I knew very little about Cerebus. I knew it was a thing. I didn't know who Dave Sim was at the time when I was buying Spawn. So, yeah, Spawn number 11, Frank Miller came in and wrote for that issue. So we threw it out there. We threw it to the people as we always do. It looks like there was a total of one, three, seven, 13 votes. Okay. Uh, Frank Miller's spawn number 11 comes in last with one vote. <laughs> spawn, spawn number 10 uh, with Dave Sim comes in uh, in third with two votes. And spawn number eight, Alan Moore, which I thought he was going to get the nod, but uh, no, he comes yes. in with four votes. Go ahead, man. I was going to say, I kind of thought it would be uh, the Alan Moore issue, but. Then our winner by a total of six votes, spawn number nine, Neil Gaiman's spawn number nine. Uh, I will tell you that I have had the pleasure of reading some Neil Gaiman over the past month with this issue and we did Eternals over on uh, Gaiman's Eternals over on source material. So so let me step back. I will tell you that I did pick up Spawn number nine off the shelf. I can remember reading it at my grandmother's, went over to my dad's one weekend, sitting at my grandmother's uh, house, and you know I pulled out my comics for the weekend to read, and this was one of them that I picked up. How about you, man? I was big on Image, you know, f- for most of the early Image comics. I I think I had the first issue of Spawn, and then my brother, older brother, he was about seven years old than me, so he was in he was um. I mean, he was like a freshman or sophomore in college at the time, and he was buying up a lot of Image comics as a speculator. He didn't really, he wasn't really into comics. Oh, oh. He, he he bought some Image stuff, and he he liked the Spawn book, um, and so I would read his copies, uh, but I didn't actually get the the books myself, and I only read you know sporadically even then. I didn't, I, I wasn't a big fan. I liked McFarlane's art. I thought Spawn was a badass character because he looked cool and he was from Hell and everything. Right, right. Uh, I wasn't like a huge fan, so I didn't really keep up too much. And then by the end of, I remember having the Cerebus issue that we talked about earlier. And I thought that was really cool because there was the, the big splash page with all the, clearly all the Marvel and DC characters yes. uh, shaking their hands through the bars. And there was the Superman in the shadows that he talked to, but I, that's about it as far as Spawn. And then I, I read a um, Spawn issue that Dragon crossed over, you know, that, that had a, a two issue crossover with those two characters at one point, mm-hmm. but that's about it Spawn. I, I didn't really keep up with it. And as I got older, like I always kind of looked down on like Spawn fans because it seemed like the, <laughs> 
the Spawn fans were like, that's the only thing they cared about was Spawn. Yeah. That yeah. was the only comic they cared about. And it was always people who it seemed like they weren't really into comics. But maybe they saw the HBO show and they were like, oh, that's got boobies in it. So I'm going <laughs> to like this. I'm really into this Spawn character now. But yeah, I wasn't a big Spawn guy, but uh, I appreciate uh, McFarlane. Uh, I remember it, reading issue eight. I, I own issue nine. Uh, issue 10. I remember when I was reading this, how edgy I thought that was. Uh-huh. I was like, holy yeah. crap, here's here's an image comic where they're <laughs> referencing DC and Marvel characters all in the same comic, almost all on the same panel. How can this be legal? But obviously... Um, now, I assume it was all about creator rights. I, don't, I, I haven't read that issue since I was, you know, 11 or yeah. 12 where it came out. Yeah, I, and I remember that sticking out. I'm, I think I own issue 11, but honestly, I could never, I could not tell you what it was about. I'm looking at the cover right now and it looks familiar, but I don't recall what it's about. So anyway, so Neil Gaiman wins out I mean, we could just real quick talk about the cover. I don't know if you have it there in front of you, but absolutely wonderful cover. Uh, <laughs> when you when you look at this, it is there is so much, and that's one thing you could say about Todd McFarlane, and is and that is how busy he mm-hmm. can make make a page or a cover look. This cover is very busy. I mean, we obviously have the introduction to a new character who ends up being named Angela. So Angela's on the front of this front of this comic, and she is clearly uh she's a warrior at the very least mm-hmm. you don't you can't tell what's going on other than the fact that there is there's a def, there's definitely a bunch of like spawn related clothing and armor laying at the bottom of her feet so she's done something to spawn but is it the spawn that we all know so well mm-hmm. well when you when you see that mask that's down there it looks like a helmet almost that might give you a clue that no that's not the case and we got a shield there and all sorts of crazy stuff so it mostly looks like spawn armor and like costume stuff but then there's like a leg sitting there too in the in the right corner. Oh, I do see it. Yeah, there is. Yeah, that's his leg. That's not good. That is not good. So she is she is mess spawn up here. <laughs> you know, you mentioned uh you'd read some Sandman um as far as Neil Gaiman. I the only thing I've read of his, I think I've never read any Sandman. I read 1602, the Marvel series that was kind of like the Marvel characters in a in early American settlers time, you know, basically. Yes, uh, I remember that. That's a great book. Andy Kubert, I think, did the art, and I liked that book. Well, I know he did Eternals, which you mentioned that you had recently read. I tried to read that when it came out, and I didn't like it, so uh, I bailed after like two issues, so I never finished it. I understand. It. He was part of uh, Good Omens, right? Yeah. I think yeah, Gaiman, so. Gaiman. and then he did American Gods. Gaiman's first novel was published in 1990, Good Omens, which, of course, that turned into a Amazon television series, and it was a good one, too. Really did like that. Yeah, American Gods. I think the okay. other thing I was thinking of was the Batman, um, whatever happened to the Kate Crusader. Um, oh, Gaiman started writing comic books, picking up Miracle Man after Moore oh. finished his run on the series. That's what okay, I was. So that, yeah, that's uh, that's uh, yeah, that's kind of a big deal. That synopsis is coming up. But first, let me talk about Amazon Music. If you're looking for a good platform that can fill those musical needs, Amazon Music has you covered. If you head to getamazonmusic.com slash W2M Network, you can get a free 30-day trial where you can check out over 70 million songs. That's getamazonmusic.com slash W, the number 2M Network, for that free 30-day trial. 
So the creative team, as we've already said, uh, story by Neil Gaiman, Todd McFarlane on the art, editor and letters by Tom Orzakowski, colors by Steve Olaf and Ruben Rude and Ali Optics. So, you know what? what's funny is that Steve, Steve Olaf, I'm pretty certain, just came up on the source material I just recorded. Color Steve Olaf and his company, Ali Optics, were one of the first to use computers to do color separations. That's where I recognize the name from. So hmm. Bond number nine hits the shelves, or at least is dated for March 1993. This is our first taste of medieval spawn. So yes, the spawn that is on the cover of this that is lying in a heap is not the spawn that we have been uh, treated to here in the first few issues. But here we go. A different person with a fate similar to Al Simmons way back in the past. This spawn is definitely a spawn of that age. Big shield, right. you know. Is this the first uh, alternate spawn that showed up? I'm I'm pretty certain it is. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure. There's a gunslinger spawn and uh, a few others. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, I'm pretty certain that when this hit the shelves, not only is it the first appearance of Angela, but it is the first appearance, I'm pretty certain, of Medieval Spawn. Uh, and that took off, man. Medieval Spawn was, I can remember, like, and again, of course, Todd owned his own toy company, or at least was uh-huh. in the toy business. So it's not surprising that I remember toys of Medieval Spawn. Now, as he's traveling along, he finds this barely clothed woman along the road who says she was attacked by an ogre. He follows her to a cavern and is then surprised to see her turn into a great warrior and attack him. This is Angela, Angelic Hellspawn Hunter. Uh, Now, through this tale, we get a kind of telling of the Spawn Hunter's manual, which, you know, the Spawn Hunter, and then we learn all this. I mean, it reads like a technical manual, which is funny. And so we... He kind of makes up for it with, like, some of the pages are, like, very little text, just, like, a lot of action. Uh, yeah. just letting Todd kind of go crazy. <laughs> Do his thing, right. But, I mean, this thing is, like, full of history, though. I mean, which is good. I mean, you learn a lot about Spawn the character because one of the things I remember, Al Simmons wakes up uh, and he's confused as to what he is, what his powers are, and all that. So is the reader. It's not like, hey, you know, here's Spider-Man. He got bit by a radioactive spider. He can spin webs. He can do this. He can do that. We were along for with Al on the ride trying to figure out what in the world he can do. Uh, so he's trying to figure himself out. Well, here, Neil steps in and he is able to at least give us an outline of some of the mythology uh, behind Spawn and, and what it takes to kill one. So like I said, through this tale, we get kind of a telling of the Spawn Hunter's manual and kind of a deep look at the lore of the Hell Spawn as well. Uh, the battle is quick, with Angela defeating and killing Medieval Spawn within minutes. I mean, it's it's quick. It, Never had a chance. No, and you're like, oh, crap. Well, so we fast forward to today. Angela is still alive 800 years later, getting in contact with another angel on Earth by the name of Gabriella, who appears to be in charge of angelic affairs on Earth. Angela explains she has a hunting permit, and Gabriella says, okay, that's fine. She just wants it quick and clean and get out of here. <laughs> Al Simmons, Spawn, he awakens in the alley amongst the homeless that he has now called his home. Uh, one of the homeless men appear to be his guide and is teaching him how to draw magic from his carapace, which is Spawn's sentient costume. This is the thing that, you know, Spawn will be sitting there fighting somebody and then all of a sudden the chains will come alive. Um, sometimes he wants that to happen, sometimes it doesn't. He doesn't, it just goes on by itself. Uh, kind of like the cloak of levitation, I guess. He also calls Spawn Mr. Simmons and now Spawn wants to know how this man knows so much about him. 
him. But before he can get any answers, Angela is able to sneak up on him and attacks. When it looks like she has gotten the upper hand by appearing to obliterate Spawn into a pool in his own costume, Spawn reaches out of the pool and brings Angela into a dark dimension, one which she cannot stand, and immediately shoots straight into the sky in a beam of light. As Spawn reforms back in the alleyway, he grabs the lance she left behind. Curious, he presses a button that completely vaporizes him, reducing his power level to nothing. Now, the power level thing, I mean, I don't know how much Spawn you've you've read, but are you familiar with that whole, like, four set of numbers there? Yeah, I think it's like a, a countdown. And once he uses up all of his powers, he gets sent to hell forever, basically, right? Right, yeah. I, I remember reading some Spawn issues and going like, what in the world is this thing? I don't think they reveal that until, like, several issues into the run. If I'm not, I mean, it's been a while, but that's how I remember. Uh, he well, figures yeah. it out eventually. A smart man would have been just like, okay, well, are the numbers counting down? And probably figured that out between... <laughs> two issues but no that wasn't me i was not doing that spawn's been destroyed so al simmons is gone end of the end of the series thanks for coming todd mcfarlane um (laughs) (laughs) the guy no he's telling him hey don't touch that you know don't hit that button so he knows something about what's going on what this series is wrapped in around is mystery after mystery and and question after question uh so again that's the end of the issue of course next issue dave (laughs) cerebus sim will be showing up to write spawn the cool thing is we get a, a bit of the spawn manual here, uh, just you know, kind of what it is. Some of his powers are a little bit more revealed in, in this um, handbook. But yeah, and, and, and we already kind of talked about this too. For a character that was one and done, which I don't know if that was the plan for Medieval Spawn, we sure wanted more of Medi- Medieval Spawn and we got more right. Medieval Spawn. So uh, Not a bad issue. It looks really good. Um, it's an introduction of a pretty memorable character in the spawn mythos i i'm not sure how often she comes back because like i said i wasn't really reading it but i do remember when i was younger that you know the cover alone like was is really like you said there's a lot going on there it's got like a blank uh white background which is kind of something people get criticized for sometimes especially on interiors like if they don't put any detail into the background it they feels like a cheat or whatever but a spawn issue with this like stark white background kind of really st- made it stand out even more uh, so i've always liked that cover McFarlane makes like the little bit of action we get in a couple of these Angela versus Medieval Spawn and then versus R Spawn uh, are pretty impressive. The costume for Angela, I mean, it's just, you know, the first time she shows up is almost a full page splash. Boy, is that a busy costume. No kidding. <laughs> Especially considering how little clothing she's wearing. Right, right. Uh, but there's all, you know, these straps kind of all over, hanging off of her spear and off of her. She doesn't have a cape, but she's got like, there's a bunch of like uh, ribbons and stuff all flowing around her. Kind of like uh, McFarlane loves to, to go crazy with the capes on like Batman and, and Spawn. Uh, and she doesn't have a cape, but he makes sure to give her plenty of uh, stuff fluttering around. In, in the oh, space. yeah. She's got like decorative <laughs> tassel all over that yeah. uh spear of hers and, and I'm her guessing arm. spawn totems are like trophies i guess those are all the yeah the the spawns that she's killed up at this point because when she takes out medieval spawn she picks up another token uh yeah that i see who's kind of that's all that left all that's left of them i guess uh she's wearing like a bikini top and uh, i mean her belt is probably more clothing than <laughs> the belt holding up her sword uh, i mean mm. she's got some really cool like chain mail which is pretty cool to go up her uh for or from her yeah you gotta hands. protect those biceps but right. 
stomach so much or the <laughs> yeah it's pretty ridiculous yeah she was like the original bad girl for the <laughs> the mid 90s right. late 90s uh, bad girl era of comics pretty much yeah yeah and it is a fantastic reveal to see her show up and you, you this is kind of like the page although one could argue the reveal of medieval spawn like yeah second page in is, is up there too i mean he's it almost looks like kind of Captain Britain-ish when you have the red mm-hmm. and the blue, but that's that's really that's Spawn's look. But man, it, medieval Spawn looks pretty badass when you got the spikes yeah. coming off the shoulders. Oh man, maybe that's a theme for me. Like you got to have the spikes. <laughs> Throw back the blood axe. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is our first appearance of Angela. Uh, she will, and we'll talk about this in a few minutes, but uh, she does become quite the controversial figure in between McFarlane and Neil Gaiman. There's a lawsuit that's filed, and we'll talk about that. But yeah, you know, you asked about more appearances. So as far as Spawn goes, I'm just looking on imagecomics.fandom.com. So Spawn Volume 1, number 9, uh, is her first appearance. And then she shows back up in issue 26 pretty regularly. I mean, I'm just going to say her next appearance would be the 20 uh, in issue 26. She's in 30, 31, 50, 63, 65. So she's definitely a recurring character. They knew they were going to be bringing her back. I mean, there's no way you put her on the page and do not. And for what she is able to do in such a little amount of time to spawn, she's got to come back. At some point, they've got to have a bigger fight because it wasn't a very long fight, if I remember correctly. I think it was like maybe two pages. Yeah. Uh, I liked this uh, mysterious buddy of his that seems to know a lot about what's going on with Spawn and how the powers work and all that stuff. I have no idea how that resolves itself or who he's revealed to be or anything, but it's intriguing at the least. Curious what you dug up on the uh, lawsuit stuff, because I've never been super clear on all that. I know Gaiman eventually won and sold it to Marvel, but that's all I really know. Here's how this works out. HollywoodReporter.com, January 31st, 2012. Uh, And I just grabbed a snippet from the full article, so I'll start with that. It says, uh, Gaiman, though, felt he deserved a share of the enormous success for contributions he made in the ninth issue of Spawn for three critical characters. Angela, Cogliostro, and Medieval Spawn. So all Cogliostro must be the homeless guy. A controversy soon erupted over spinoffs that were created from the main Spawn series. Gaiman alleged that McFarlane had crafted a workaround by essentially recreating the characters with different names, including (laughs) Dark Ages Spawn and Tiffany. A side-by-side comparison of Gaiman-created characters and McFarlane-created characters was presented, and a judge in 2010 was unimpressed with the differences. Now, after many years of fighting, the two have come to an agreement. The parties have asked the judge to enter a final judgment judgment in favor of, of Gaiman, declaring that he is a joint 50% owner of the copyrights to Spawn Publications number 9 and 26 as well as Angela issues 1, 2, and 3. It's funny because that issue actually goes on for, I think it's a four-issue series, if I remember correctly. And but he only was part of 1, 2, and 3. He, yeah, he only was part of 1, 2, and 3. And the contents of those publications, presumably including the characters that first appeared in these issues. So there's where the judgment came in. Gaiman's like, hey, I I want my piece of the pie here. Let's fast forward this a little bit. Okay. We're heading into December 27th, 2019 screen rant. Uh, dot com. And then in an amusing twist, Gaiman sold Angela over to Marvel Comics. So here he's like, yeah, hey, this is my creation. I want the money off of it. And then he's like, okay, Marvel, you can have it. Neil sells Angela over to Marvel Comics and she makes her debut in the Age of Ultron event. The article says, which saw the entire time space continuum shattered. Are you aware of how she appears? 
I read the Age of Ultron story. Okay. Like I remember it being a big deal when Angela was coming in, except that I didn't care and that nobody <laughs> <I> cared. <laughs> so I'm not uh, sure why it was a big deal other than Marvel was wanting to make it a big deal. But yeah, I do remember her coming in and I think she's been, maybe she's shown up in some Thor books. I know she was, I think right. she's supposed to be a Guardian now, but, uh, but yeah. The time-space continuum shattered. Angela slipped through the cracks of the realm of heaven, which was ultimately revealed to have been cut off from the world tree by Odin after the angels of heaven killed his firstborn daughter. But it turned out the girl hadn't been slain after all. The angels had taken her as one of their own, bringing her up as Angela. So Angela is Thor's sister. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, there you go. That's the uh, that's the controversy slash lawsuit between Neil and Todd and the rights to Angela. I'm curious as to what the last thing with Medieval Spawn has showed up in. Yeah, I don't know. I know that right now they've got a bunch of stuff going on with Spawn, like a whole Spawn universe, basically. I know Gunslinger Spawn has its own series right now, and I think maybe King Spawn. Not 100% sure, but I don't think it's a, a Medieval Spawn series. So maybe Todd's just not using him anymore just hopping in here post-edit to let you know that I did find a series, Medieval Spawn and Witchblade, that released in 2018. It's four issues. And I will tell you, looking at the inside cover, it's titled Medieval Spawn and Witchblade. Spawn created by Todd McFarlane. Witchblade created by Mark Silvestri, David Wohl, Michael Turner, and Brian Haberlin. There is no mention of Neil Gaiman on here, at least on the inside cover. I want to also say that at one point during the show, even though I kind of chopped it out of here, Chris asked about there being a Medieval Spawn series that went on for a while. So I did a little bit of looking and could not find anything other than the Medieval Spawn Witchblade series that released in, I think it was 96. I forgot that I had to take into account that Todd changed the name of Medieval Spawn to Dark Ages Spawn. So, in 99 to 2001, there was a 28-issue series by Brian Hoagland titled Spawn the Dark Ages. Uh, And just real quick, the summary here reads, A 12th century knight named Lord Covenant is killed in a holy crusade from his homeland, who returns to Earth as Hellspawn. So even though that may not be the same medieval spawn that we get in issue 9, I can understand why Chris remembers this as being the series that featured medieval spawn all right back to the show all right well that is our coverage of spawn number nine i want you to pick a panel uh you know there's actually a lot of good options uh in this one because some people don't like mcfarland i don't you know whatever i think uh his art is extremely interesting looking, and uh, I'm a big fan of his uh, his output from around the Spider-Man, the adjectiveless Spider-Man series through his Spawn run. So I'm, I'm going to go with the pan. There, there's the two-page splash where Angela first attacks uh, Spawn, and I'm going to go with that. The, the panel where she's lashing out and he's kind of falling backwards and there's there's the he's got like the purple glow to him mm-hmm. uh there's a lot of cool stuff with the coloring going on with the with these uh battles and and that's a good example of it too so i'm gonna go with that panel where the first time she uh lashes out at spawn yeah man look at that that is there is some action-packed stuff going on right there it's, that's a good pick that's a real good pick mm-hmm. if we were people that did, wanted to jump on the bandwagon it's either the two reveals at the beginning of medieval spawn or the reveal of angela 
Angela. Sure. Mm-hmm. Those are the showcases of this book. Right. I will take Spawn having Angela by the throat in the dark dimension of wherever they're at. Yeah, because the neon green glow going. Right, right. And he's, you see Spawn have Angela by the throat and you, the only thing you could see is the top of his burnt head. Mm-hmm. And then it's completely black other than his eyes, which are glowing with power and the white of his teeth. And that looks freaking awesome. I mean, my goodness, uh, she's out of her element and obviously <laughs> leaves immediately. But uh, I'm not an artist. But when I was drawing like stuff back then, because I was the image, the guys from image really they really influenced me to kind of pick up a pen and, and draw. I would always draw eyes like Todd McFarland. But anyway, uh, there you go. There you go. So that'll be our that'll be our two panels. You and I invested a lot of time into Rise of the Midnight Suns. Right. We haven't done a regular and, episode in a while. <laughs> no, we haven't. This would be a good time to plug a sponsor of the W2M Network, and that is Grammarly. For you, the listeners of Unspoken Issues, Grammarly is offering a free download of the Grammarly software. Grammarly's AI-powered products help people communicate more effectively. Grammarly helps you write mistake-free on Gmail, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and nearly anywhere else you write on the web. Grammarly corrects hundreds of grammar, punctuation, and spelling mistakes while also catching contextual errors, improving your vocabulary, and suggesting style improvements. To download Grammarly today, go to getgrammarly.com slash W2M network. Again, that's getgrammarly.com slash W, the number two, M network to download Grammarly for free. What do you, What else have we got going on here lately? We did Rise of the Midnight Suns. Is there anything else that you've been involved in? That's right, Tripped Up Trivia. Chris Armstrong <laughs> did join us for that, and it was horror-related. It was all horror-themed, usually, mostly. I don't I don't even know if it was... I think it all was film or TV. I think so. Yeah, I don't, I don't recall there being anything else. But, yeah, it was all, like, horror-films and, horror films and uh, horror television. Chris threw his hat in and competed with uh, three other guests, and we had a good time, so definitely check that out if you have the opportunity go to the Radulich and Broadcasting Network it's a it's a very unique show I like I like trivia shows or I should say I like playing trivia uh, mm-hmm. so I thought well let's try it in a podcast form I usually throw the questions out there and then I throw in audio clips from something that's referential to whatever the question is uh, so that kind of pads the time out so if people are playing the game along with us they have time to come up with their answer as well and then uh, where can people find you at man uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BrodyMan34. Very good. Thanks to the Radulich and Broadcasting Network and the W2Mnet.com for hosting the show. And of course, ladies and gentlemen, go check out the Unspoken Decade. I guarantee you there is most likely an article over there on UnspokenDecade.com about or including Spawn in it. Of course, uh, check out any other great articles there on 90s comics. It's uh, something that the uh, subject that we uh, all love and is near and dear to our hearts. So with that being said, Chris Armstrong, you ready to get out of here? I believe so. All right, I'm out of here. Chris is out of here. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Have a good one. Thank you all for joining us. Make sure to give that Rattelich in Broadcasting Facebook page a like to stay up on top of all the great podcasts we have to offer. We are at home on Spreaker, but you can also find us on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and recently we have hit the air on Spotify. Find your favorite podcast platform and type in R-A-D-U-L-I-C-H to subscribe for some great content. If you enjoyed this show, please feel free to share and spread the word. And as always, we appreciate any feedback and look forward to entertaining you again soon.